Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for May 31st, 2020. It's the day of Pentecost, Bruce. Um, Woohoo! Yeah, we are coming to you not live from, uh, on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana, uh, as, as I think the appropriate, more appropriate way to say it. We've kind of uh, fiddled around with it uh, the past month or two and uh, making yeah. jokes how we're not really live and we're not really in Fishers. But uh, so on behalf of is what I'm going to strive to. That's a good way to put it. To remember to say. <laughs> and uh, next week I'll forget. Um, but uh, but yeah, so this is the end of the Easter season in the lectionary um, uh, um, calendar. Right. And we are uh, we are now going into the season after Pentecost from here hereafter. But uh, this is, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, uh, a post Happy Memorial Day weekend, and uh, um, we look forward uh, to um, uh, worshiping with you here this uh, this weekend. And uh, if you don't know, we will actually have uh, the uh, the the bishop with us uh, on our on our worship service for this Sunday, uh, which is pretty cool. We get we get the bishop yeah. for Pentecost. How'd you swing that? Yeah. Uh, her calendar. <laughs> It's one of those things where the bishop decides, and she decided that she wanted to be at Holy Family for uh, Pentecost. And this is done about a year, 18 months in advance, something like that. Hmm. Um, so it's um, so she she and I are both disappointed, doesn't get to be live, that she'll be recording her bits like I record my parts usually. Hmm. Um, but she's very pleased that she'll get to be there, and... The, there will be at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time a Zoom uh, question and answer session with her that's live uh, that Holy Family will host. And so people will get to have some live FaceTime with her, though it's not on FaceTime. Right. Uh, and so we're, we're making the best of it. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's not our favorite way, uh, but I guess I shouldn't say that we haven't done it yet. Uh, this might be right. This might be. Uh, it's probably her favorite way of interacting with me. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, you'll be muted, <laughs> from, muted, and from a distance. <laughs> I think that's a uh, most most people's w- uh, favorite way of in- encountering me is uh, in, in muted form. Um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, dumb luck uh, is how we get her for for Pentecost, and hey, yeah, my whole life is built around that. So um, uh, uh, it, it's par for the course for me, and it's fantastic. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. Um, yeah, you can thinking. you can find that service on our face Facebook page and mm-hmm. uh, homepage website. So just go to holyfamilyfishers.org and you can get. The exact times, information, how to log in to the Zoom, all that good stuff. We yeah. really welcome everyone to be part of that. Yeah, that'll be great. Um, so I, uh, I'm going to move on to the word of the day, and I chose today's word uh, uh, because I think it, 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 it's part of the overall uh, Christian discussion for uh, today. So that's my hint to you. But uh, okay. Uh, the word is parousia. Oh, okay. Um, it, uh, I guess the quick way to say it is the second coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, yep, very good. Yeah, that, that, that's when he shows up again and everyone better be looking busy, as the t-shirt goes. Right. Um, 
uh, yeah, the uh, um, the interesting thing that, that this goes into to some some additional detail, which then gets into oh, uh, it, you know, a, a real Go discussion. For it. It, it, well, <laughs> it, it gets into a real discussion as to what the second coming actually uh, uh, means. So I'm not entirely sure if if this definition is tied specifically to this word or if the writers of the dictionary uh, uh, specifically are, are just giving a broader uh, uh, definition as to what the second coming is. But they, you know, that talks about, uh, it's a Greek word meaning presence or arrival, which is, uh, which is some interesting uh, backstory. Um, it's part of the area of theology called eschatology. So another right. fun dictionary word being thrown out there, which is the study of the last things or ultimate end of creation. And this is mm-hmm. where the definition goes into, um, uh, like, Jesus' second coming is the completion of history. Uh, right. Evil will cease to exist, and God's purposes for creation will be fulfilled. Um, and uh, Perusia is, is also related to the quote-unquote new age, which Jesus', Jesus return will initiate or bring to its highest level. And one of the, uh, the, the reason why I uh, thought this was a, a fun uh definition to delve into is you know day of pentecost is kind of um part of that this same broader discussion as to um the second coming um and we've on this podcast had discussions about whether or not um you you know what what the second coming might actually be or has it even already happened Right. Um, um, and in that, the uh, uh, you had mentioned a couple of weeks ago, perhaps the second coming was his raising from the dead. Um, right. But uh, from the for the purposes of this definition, um, or the definition that they, they they go into detail on, it appears as though uh, when when formed with the theology of eschatology, the belief is that the second coming has a different definition than what would fit uh, the the rising of Christ uh, uh, from the dead, because it would be the completion of history, which obviously two thousand right. years later it has not been, and um, evil will cease to exist, um, which obviously has not happened yet. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. So tech. So just for the church nerds out there, the eschatology could still be used to describe the theology around the resurrection being the second coming that Jesus talked about in the Gospels. But the Perusia does refer to the end of times um, rather than the second coming theology that it's already happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a so there is a nuance there. Yeah, and there's and there's a huge theological discussion uh, that rages on uh, and will mm-hmm. continue. Um, right, but uh, but uh, it's a it's an interesting word because, like I said, it 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 kind of works uh, it works well with this the season of Pentecost that uh, that that uh, um, or the season after Pentecost here as well, but but specifically Pentecost, it's kind of. Part of that whole discussion, the the you know the 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 occurrences here in Acts, especially the early parts of Acts, is is 
pretty intertwined with this concept of second coming. Um, in that, you know, Jesus leaves and we're called to do stuff. And the, 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 the uh, predominant belief probably at that time was he's coming right back. Like we better get our right. stuff in order. Um, and cause the second coming is near and he's just, you know, gone to get a couple of party favors and he'll be, <laughs> he'll be, he'll be right back here. And, uh, so we better shape things up. And, and there was like, kind of like this, you know, massive flurry of activity and trying to, um, spread the word and, and prepare. Um, well, and, so. and to really spiritually and physically, physically live each day as if it was the last. And yeah. therefore yeah. there wasn't any, Oh, let's wait till Sunday to go to church. That's why we hear about the followers of followers of Jesus worshiping daily in the temple and that sort of mm -hmm. thing. They, they wanted to make sure they were staying spiritually right each and every day. Right. And yeah. similarly, feeding the, the widows and orphans and that sort of thing, so that they also mm -hmm. lived out that faith yeah. every single day. A huge push, um, yeah, for 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 that. Um, and and, not, and the not, Apostle Paul in his letters say, "Why why bother getting married?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, no reason, no reason to. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is you know, uh, to be fair, not um, they weren't right but they also weren't wrong uh i mean they yeah. weren't right in the timing but um uh, maybe the passage on uh not getting married uh they were uh, <laughs> specifically wrong yeah. on. but uh but you know uh they're they're also not wrong to <laughs> feed the hungry and the orphan yeah. take care of the orphans and to, and to pray daily uh right so um those are all great things and and basically what it comes down to in a nutshell, is we should live each day as if it's our last chance to show God that we love God fully and show our neighbor we love our neighbor fully. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe we may get hit by a bus tomorrow. Yeah, it, it, exactly right. Or that, you know, your neighbors might move and you won't be able to do anything nice anymore. Well, yeah, that's true, too. Um, yeah. So it's a uh, you, you you only have the moment that you are in. Uh, right. And that's a that's an, a, a very interesting way to to view your life and to uh, to, to to live your uh, relationship through God through and that's a it's it's interesting and I think we we do lose track of that quite a lot so um, well let's uh you know we started delving into uh, the, the concept and a little bit of the the, the readings anyway so mm -hmm. let's, let's we've gotten a running start here let's jump in officially uh so the, the first reading uh this week is numbers chapter 11 verse 24 through 30 and that reads this way so moses went out and told the people the words of the lord and he gathered 70 elders of the people and placed them all around the tent then the lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders when the spirit rested upon them they prophesied then but they did not do so again. Two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad. And the spirit rested on them. They were among those who registered. But they had gone out to the tent, and so they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, son of Nun, the assistant of Moses, one of his chosen men, said, My lord Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? What that 
would that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. <clears throat> so, if you're, uh, if you're familiar with what happens on Pentecost, you can see obvious uh, signs as to why this story was chosen. Um, in that it's foreshadowing and, and maybe a cyclical reference to what happens here in Acts and, and the, uh, the tongues of fire coming down and, and people prophesying or, uh, speaking in tongues or, you know, what have you on the translation. Um, so this was, this was not, um, this was not a necessarily a new occurrence. Uh, do you think that this was, um, when written down in Acts later, is this specifically trying to invoke this memory from Numbers um, for the people, or is it just uh, uh, looking back after the fact, circumstantial, like, oh, look at that, you know, like uh, th this is this is uh, this is not a new way of God communing with His creation. Yeah, right. I think it's a uh, reference back to. Uh, this event in numbers and generally you know, generally in the New Testament there's always a sense of what we call the Old Testament that mm -hmm. they aren't divorced from each other as they are all too often in modern Christianity so yeah it would have been seen very much as a oh yeah God's doing it again sort of thing though mm -hmm. it's a big deal uh, but yeah. still it's to, to use a literary term, it's in the vernacular of God's actions. It's not a uh, standalone, oh, wow, that's never happened before type of event. Right. Um, and uh, um, I, I also thought it was interesting to, to point out in this story, uh, the, the, the writer pointed out in verse 25, even as, it, as it's describing, describing this uh, uh, um totally new um, um, novel uh, interaction uh, it, like we've had God come down in a cloud but um, taking some spirit and putting it on a person and, and they prophesy as a result isn't really detailed in the Old Testament up to this point um, oh yeah it is oh is it <laughs> yeah oh what am I yeah, what I mean, am I not thinking of it's something God does all the time um I mean, arguably from the very cr moment of creation of humanity, that God breathes oh, God's uh, spirit yeah, okay. into Adam, and that's what animates Adam. That's what gives Adam life. So it's a, it's a foundational type of event between humanity and the divine. I guess that's true. I, I, was, I was more thinking of specifically um, the way that this is described, uh, uh, putting spirit on them and they prophesy. I, I was... I, yeah. I, I know that coming down in the form of cloud or, um, you know, uh, that kind of, of, of descriptive language is uh, used in, in a number of different interactions with God. Um, but I wasn't so sure. It's usually a single person uh, and usually a, it not, not like a, as opposed to a group and not so True. much that they speak uh, and they prophesy. They suddenly have, I'm assuming the, the implication is like visions or they have, they have uh, they're, they're they're prophesying the future or the glory of God or that they don't really go into detail as to what they're saying, um, but uh, I guess what I was gearing towards was that the author the, the writer wrote here they did not do so again, 
So it, yeah. it's a it's a a very finite experience as described in here in numbers, and they um, kind of the implication is when they're done prophesying, they were like, "What happened? <laughs> Where'd it go?" Yeah. But there's uh, also the now they are licensed to be leaders. Okay. That, is that what it means by they were among those registered, or what is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so that you know, they they can no longer pretend that they don't have a call from God mm-hmm. because people publicly saw it and experienced it. And so when they start to when any of these folks start to say, "Oh, yeah, that that was just a one-time thing," the people around them will say, "Yeah, but it was a huge thing, and right. you got to keep on being faithful to God and following this call." Right, right, right. So, so, so they 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 get some spirit, they prophesy, and then they took a head count. Um, <laughs> I'm like, all right, Eldad, you got the spirit, yes. Uh, Medad, yes, you too, and uh, not you, Pete. You didn't get it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> You're not on the, I don't see you here on the list. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, uh, so they, uh, the other thing though about this story, which I think plays a little bit into, um, um, it, 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 I shouldn't say it plays into, but it, it, it uh, is the same kind of uh, thing that occurs in Acts. The second half of this reading is really setting up and paying off the concept of, look, it's not about me, right? It's not about uh, me gaining attention, which in the, in the right. case of Numbers is, is Moses, and in the case of Acts, it's, you know, the apostles. The, 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 the author of this book and this story does go out of their, you know, they don't have to include this language. Uh, this is the kind of thing that could easily, you know, end up on the editing room floor uh, as it were <laughs> um but they would go to the to the lengths of pointing out hey you know this happened and moses is like great you know i'm not it's not about me i'm not jealous that someone else has been touched by god and is doing wonderful things i i, I wish that everyone yeah. were, were were able to you know experience this and um um, and be able to share and, and, and be able to have uh, that kind of a close relationship with their creator. That's the goal. And, and sometimes, you know, we lose, we lose track of that. And just like I said, also in, in here in coming up in the reading in Acts, it's the same kind of, uh, it, it's, I don't think they necessarily go into that, but it's still a, it would have been a very easy pitfall or temptation for the apostles to gain this notoriety and to make it self-serving. Right. And um, um, just like this occurrence in numbers, uh, they maintain focus on what's important. And that's, that's a, that's a, that's an admirable thing for them to do. Well, and one of the interesting things that so many commentators have noted about both the old and new testaments is that within it, within over and over, there are times where hierarchy is undermined. Mm-hmm. So that when the religious professionals, and I'm a religious professional, I'm an ordained priest and leader of a congregation, when we try to get too high and mighty, 
we come across, hopefully in our daily devotions, a passage like this and we're brought back down to earth mm-hmm. where, yeah, there is Moses, but hey, what do you know? There are all these other people also able to prophesy. prophesy. There wasn't anything that it was intrinsically different about Moses that you know, he should be made a king or something like that. Right. Um, so it's important both with, well, with an A of the passages like this, that we pay attention to how subversive they are to human inclinations to lift ourselves up, to make ourselves powerful, to, uh, even if it's not through political or economic wealth, through social status or religious status, that some are lifted higher above than others. And here Moses is basically saying, no, that's not how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, anything else about this uh, this passage in Numbers that you would like to point out? Um, often, yeah, to just drive home what I'm saying, in verse 28 where Joshua, son of Nun, the assistant of Moses, one of his chosen men said, my Lord Moses, stop them. It's often the, the second layer of bureaucrats that are the most protective of status. Mm. That Again, it's a very human behavior that someone feels that they have importance because they're close to someone of importance, and so they do everything they can to protect that person of importance status to maintain or, them their own. Or, or to protect the, uh, the, the position that they aspire towards. Right, right. Exactly. Hmm. So it, this is yet another place where even though the Verses are ancient, the behavior's contemporary. Hmm. Nothing new under the sun, as they say. Right. Um, yeah. Um, well, let's move on to um, let's move on to the, that reading in Acts. Uh, uh, yeah. Acts two, chap- uh, chapter two, verse one through twenty-one. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devoted, devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each, of, each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya, belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. 
And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men, sh men shall dream dreams, even upon my slaves, both men and women. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, um, more, um, more descriptive than the occurrence in numbers. Um, right. Um, uh, it goes on longer. First, let's, let's, uh, let's point out, um, I, I should do kind of almost like housekeeping here. Um, Pentecost, <laughs> modern day, we think of Pentecost when we think of this event, right? Um, but Pentecost already occurred. Can you describe... Uh, what Pentecost, uh, uh, where it comes from, and what it meant uh, to the Jewish calendar uh, sure. prior to this event? Sure. It was, well, and even and, after. And still to this day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, 50 days plus one after uh, Passover. So in the Gospel of John, for instance, Passover is the uh, day of Jesus' death. Um and it's one of the harvest festivals. Mm -hmm. um, and Pentecost is a Greek word that has stuck both within Judaism and Christianity for this feast day. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's interesting to point out that it is a harvest uh, yeah. celebration, which yeah. kind of is uh, metaphorically, or at least I think metaphorically interesting to the occurrence. Um, um, and... Uh, the uh, I think I made this joke last year, but I'm going to do it again anyways. Uh, the uh, the idea that this was an occurrence from drinking alcohol uh -huh. is laughable um, um, because no one no one consumes alcohol and then suddenly is able to speak a different language. Um, that's just not it. it speak incoherently sure but uh mm -hmm. suddenly be able to speak the language of another group of people that they've never visited or never been to <laughs> yeah not really a superpower of wine uh just in, for anyone out there listening and wondering if that's the case <laughs> <laughs> right it is not <laughs> that's that is a uh, that that's not how that works so it's not the path to bilingualism. The, the idea, exactly. The idea that someone would like dismiss this as like, oh, they're speaking in a language that they otherwise would not have known, should not know. They must be drunk. <laughs> well, that's dumb. <laughs> that's not, that's not how that works. And that's not plausible. Uh, but also, uh, you know, to be fair, Peter, your excuse or your, your excuse answer also isn't really that great of an answer, like, hey, they can't be drunk. It's only nine. Like, <laughs> maybe maybe your days aren't as rough as my days are these days. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a, a certain ignorance of alcoholism in that verse. Right. Nine o'clock in the morning is not necessarily the, the excuse, the, the, the answer that you should be giving. It should, should You really should call out the others that are sneering and saying that they're drunk as just being dumb and not understanding how things work. Um, but, uh, but that's okay. Um, in, in, they do invoke this, uh, um, this path, this, this pr uh, passage from the uh, prophet Joel, 
Mm-hmm. Um, do we have an exact? I don't. I don't have it on my side. Do we have an exact reference as to uh, where that's written? Do we have that in the Old Testament? Um, oh yeah, okay. yeah. It's it's actually an accurate quote. Okay. I'm just looking in my footnote exactly where it is. Uh, well, that's not very interesting to just listen to me going. <laughs> okay. Uh, Joel, Joel chapter two, verses okay. 28 through 32. Um, with one, in, one alteration that in verse 28, um, Joel will, Joel just says afterwards, whereas in Acts it's been changed to in the last days. Mm. That's the beginning of uh, verse 17 in Acts. In the last days it will be, God declares. And in Joel it simply says, afterwards God declares, I will pour out my spirit right. upon all flesh. Now, are we sure that uh, in the last days was part of the original translation, or is that part of our... Translation it's, after the fact. We can't know for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, but um, scholars feel that it's consistent with Luke's theology of how things are going to unfold. Right. Well, and, and it makes sense. Like we just discussed on the podcast, right. this, that was their mindset. Was he, these are these are the last days? Yeah, we're coming back. He's coming back, and now's the time, people. Yeah, and it's. Um, if anything, it makes the Joel passage in Luke's mind fulfilled. Mm-hmm. That he takes Luke takes away the ambiguity about is this something in the future or is this something in the past or is it something now? And Luke, as the author of Acts, is saying it's now. Here is the fulfillment. You're right, right. Um, and uh, let's see here. Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember earlier in Acts. Uh, it, d- did the scenery change earlier in Acts, the, the, like the first chapter of Acts? We, it was like the the equivalent of the town square or the center, the hubbub of uh, of uh, Jerusalem, um, where they were speaking. Is that still the case here? In, in yeah, they're still in Jerusalem. Okay. Yeah, but it, is it still the center? Is it still the 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 um, Oh, I almost said Parthenon. That's not it. I'm trying to remember where the the, the setting we, where they were. Where it says the it. It's not clear where exactly they were, except that it was in a house, okay. and that apparently it was public enough or centered enough that suddenly all these people uh, who were not part of the inner circle could hear the message coming to them in their native language and could get there to hear more and to react and to respond. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, the windows are open or something so that quite a crowd can gather around it. And so presumably it's also in a, a neighborhood that has major streets and things like that uh, gotcha. to allow for that kind of getting there quickly. Yeah. Um, we, hit, we hit up this verse every year. Um, and so uh, this, is, this is one that is fairly familiar i think to the average churchgoer just in, right. in that you know yep read from this we, we read from you know the the you know the passion gospel you know we read the, you know the you know there are certain things that we hit up every year easter and christmas yeah 
but this is definitely this is for me this is one of those passages uh um really it's it's not i guess it's not so much this passage but the the um encouragement for us to go out go forward and spread the word of god here occurring in acts even though we kind of we touch base on it every year uh, it is one of those that does it's a it's a continual uh call to action yeah and so uh every year it still kind of feels uh um you know refreshed and renewed in 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 a, in a way just because it's it's specifically uh without without too much uh interpretation pretty much specifically still saying like now go forward and do likewise uh and uh so it's kind of it's it, it's it's nice that uh, it's not so much it, it it's gone from a a holiday uh which it still is uh to um uh, a renewed call to action so it's not not just a day of remembrance or or right a day of of uh commemoration but it's, actually exactly it's still yeah. it's it's a renewal uh call to action uh, every year so that's kind of for me that that speaks a little differently than some of our other uh, uh church holidays um yeah but, this is one where we're definitely supposed to enter the story rather than just be observers of it yeah, yeah, yeah. We're 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 there, and we're hearing we're hearing this this call uh, in our own language, right? Uh, as it were, which is also kind of interesting as a result of of uh, things being written down and translated over the years. We we we're still we're still deeply connected with this story that uh, uh, through the through the wonders of communication that God has given us, we are we're still actively hearing this in our own tongue. Um, yeah, and something that's interesting in the, in this current difficult time we're in is Christians trying to figure out what is the current tongue, um, what is the most effective way to to communicate and share God's love when we can't get face to face, and so the various ways in which we're interpreting worship through live feeds and videos and things like that, I think, is really in some ways opened up. Christianity in a new Pentecost way mm, uh, mm -hmm. that is really helpful. And so many of us, including Holy Family, are doing our best to plan ahead so that when we do have the ability to get back together safely to worship, we continue on speaking the language of the internet for the uh, people who need to still hear in that language. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's an interesting thing to point out because I, uh, I, it would be we would be hard pressed to find a moment in history where the church worship worship service changed as much as it has these past couple of months. The as style, quickly as this, yeah, uh, you know, obviously the, the the pillars of the of content of of our worship service are, are you know the foundations are there, but the uh, um, the look and feel of it has never before changed as drastically as it has probably these, these past couple of months, uh, just in that, because the way that we have worshiped for 2000 years has, <laughs> has, is it, you know, we've been, we've, we've not been able to do that and, uh, yeah. and, and have adapted, uh, so, so very quickly. So it's still, 
and that's an interesting thing to point out that it's a uh, it, it it continued that that ties into that continued call to action and to mm-hmm. adapt and and reach people but, but more importantly reach people um any way that you can and uh, yeah right, right now this is the only way that we can reach each other uh and uh um for better or for worse it's uh it's what we have right now and uh it's new it for me it's new and exciting and and interesting a little bit uh, even though i even though i miss uh getting to pass the piece in person um mm-hmm. but uh but it is it is uh it, it's still part of this call um right that we're reading today but i will say if you undertake the uh um the task of translating this into emojis i might have to <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll pass <laughs> <laughs> i think i would probably peek at little lego figures acting it out in stop action animation <laughs> that would be cool that would be i'm super sure it's cool. been done <laughs> But yeah, the the <laughs> translation of this to to internet speak uh, in the form of emojis, I think, I, I, yeah. I think, I think, I think we'd be lost. I, I think all would be lost at that point, and it's over. Well, that's that's what some people said when we stopped using the King James <laughs> translation that's, of the Bible. <laughs> that's true, but <laughs> but I agree with you. Legos would not be sufficient to. Transmit no. the entire grace of God. No, uh, good, good, good for a kids program, but not the. Uh, yeah. One one other thing I just want to point out before we leave this Acts passage sure. Sure. is the um, people hearing the um, great deeds of God in their own language is supposed to remind us of the key resurrection appearance in the Gospel of Luke. Again, the same author of on the road to Emmaus, the resurrected Jesus appearing to the two disciples, not one of the inner circle, mm-hmm. and explain to them the scriptures and the deeds of the deeds of power that God unveiled through the centuries. Uh, oh, and the, so the road to Emmaus story. Yeah. Okay. And so now it's it's really being hammered home that that task that Jesus undertook with those two people is now given to all Christians to hmm. help spread the word through the world. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So, so, um, uh, because that is it, the, the, the point is interesting uh, specifically because, um, this story is, is kind of larger than life and, uh, you might walk away, uh, from it going like, boy, if I, if I'm called to action as a result of, what occurred here. I'm not entirely sure what it is that I, how do I even go about doing mm-hmm. that? How do I go about, you know, how do I follow that up? <laughs> you know, yeah. how do I, how do I follow this, uh, this occurrence and, 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 and do it right. And to then tie it to that road to Emmaus story, which is, you know, it, it's a very simple story in that it was just uh, three, three people specifically mentioned Right. Um, uh, on a road, talking, you know, sharing conversation, talking right. to each other, and Jesus, while still in the in, in still kind of the the, the rabbi mode uh, of the of the uh, the social group and, and being the explainer and teacher, um, but at the end of the day, it really is just you know, spend time with your 
fellow human beings and talk to them and share yeah, have a them. conversation, not a monologue. Right. Share with them this story and and uh, uh, listen to their questions and and uh, be a part of that conversation. And when you break it down to that being your call to action, well, that's not really as you know ominous and 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 such a such a big task that that we might feel like we can't do that i think most of us can look at that and go okay that's that's actually pretty manageable i think i might be able to do that or yeah and i think so i think that's one of the reasons people tend to um ignore it or or rationalize it away and say oh they're specialists that do that so well Mm. that i don't have to uh, but yeah, it really is for every one of us, and it's it's kind of threatening to, for I know for a lot of people to think about talking to someone who's a, about something as personal as spirituality. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It, it it's not necessarily the topic that we uh, specifically as Americans uh, feel most comfortable uh, sharing. Yeah. Um. Uh, but. Uh, but if you can phrase it in the in the form of you know, communion with your fellow humans and be there for them and talk to them, uh, and and uh, that's that's not a that's not yeah. a too ominous of a of an entry uh, level, right? Uh, yeah, it's not hit him over the head with the Bible. It's talk. Yeah, listen. In fact, do more listening than talking, probably. Right. Right. Uh, that that. It's a there, there, a whole seminar could be created just right. on that point oh, alone. There, there listen, have been. <laughs> listen before you talk. Um, mm-hmm. um, um, but uh, but yeah. Well, let's uh, let's uh, finish this up with uh, John chapter seven, verse thirty-seven through thirty-nine. Yep. Uh, so uh, uh, short and sweet uh, gospel reading here this week. On the last day of the festival. The great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, Out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the Spirit, which believers in him were to receive. For as yet there was no Spirit, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Um, Three short verses ton of questions for him for right, my, sure it's my, packed so uh first things first just setting in context uh the the last day of the festival the great day what are we talking about here talking about um the, the feast of booths the harvest festival so okay. you know the fall and uh, <clears throat> in the gospel of john it looks like jesus goes to jerusalem three times and as an adult and in the other gospels as an adult he goes once and it ends with his crucifixion and resurrection Hmm. so it's it every time jesus goes to jerusalem in any of the gospels it's a key moment and here's one of them um it it's a fascinating story as you're probably not shocked to hear me say because it starts with people telling Jesus not to go because it's too dangerous to Mm. go to Jerusalem and that he should stay up in the Galilee area where he can still fly under the radar. Um, But instead, after 
his compatriots leave. And in, in the Gospel of John, it says, after his brothers go up to Jerusalem, because it's uphill, mm-hmm. um, then Jesus decides to go and, and, and slip in. So this is a, in direct contrast to the Palm Sunday grand procession that will happen the last time he goes to Jerusalem. He just sort of slips into town, slips into the temple, does some teaching, um, and then this is the climax of that teaching. Hmm. Um, where is this quote uh, coming out? Out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Where, where is uh, what portion of scripture is he quoting there? Because it's in quotes. No one knows. <laughs> um, it could be from Isaiah. It could be from Zechariah. Um, it, but it, it's not really clear exactly what he's referring to. And no. um, that just sometimes happens in the scriptures, in part because what we have, which is one of those humbling moments for us, that the Bible we can carry around is not the, exactly the same Bible that's been in existence mm-hmm. since things started to get written down. Uh, that there apparently was one that had this quote in it that Jesus had access to. So that'd be in the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament. But we don't know what that verse would be found in. Right. And an indication that, it, you know, as, as, as uh, archaeologists or, you know, scholars have found uh, uh, books of the Bible over the millennia, um, they doesn't mean that we got all of it you know there might be it wasn't it wasn't in a you know a a nice neat little package that said hey hey here's the book of isaiah right you know hey i found it well actually (laughs) there were some (laughs) okay in the dead sea scrolls which was is roughly from the time of jesus there is what's called the isaiah scroll and that Mm -hmm. was that was one of the few instances where it's like yeah oh i found the book of isaiah (laughs) right okay (laughs) Uh, but even then, that was the book of Isaiah had been around for hundreds of years by the time that squirrel was created. So, yes, you're still right. That's all I wanted to hear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it, what about what about this verse thirty nine though? Uh, it's it's an interesting thing for he said this about the spirit which believers in him were to receive, which uh, in context of picking this verse for this week to go with these other readings, uh, the implication kind of being uh, the believers were going to receive here on the day of Pentecost. Uh, right. But not necessarily, probably not necessarily the intention of the original author of John. Um, that, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like they, he wrote that intending to then be paired with the story in Acts. Um, no, he, he intended it probably to be paired with the story of Jesus visiting the apostles and giving them the spirit uh, gotcha. on, in one of the resurrection stories. So he knew mm-hmm. he knew coming up in a few more chapters would be giving of the spirit. Right. That, uh, but it was John's version rather than Luke's version. Right. Um, for, for as yet there was no spirit because Jesus was not glorified. Um, and which on its face kind of flies uh, uh, counter to um, 
the way we kind of view things, which is like the spirit is within us and is, 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 uh, is, is kind of like that always there portion, uh, that we have. Right. Um, but I think what they're, what the author is, is maybe meaning is, um, that, that again, that specific occurrence referring to here in later chapters, they're specific, they're not the, you know, yeah, we, maybe theologically, yes, we all have the spirit. This is, you know, super spirit serum that they get. <laughs> or, you know, but specifically referring to like, they're about to experience this. And that is above and beyond what I'm talking about, what Jesus is talking about at, at this mm-hmm. point in time. So, yeah. And there are even other um, ancient um, scrolls of John that's that actually do explicitly say rather than there was no spirit it says the spirit had not yet been given Mm -hmm. and it seems like the early church was comfortable with either translation but they they coexisted and it was just seen as a matter of minor semantics whereas yeah now there could be quite a bit of well that shows there's not the pre-existence of the spirit as it says in the creed or but that John wasn't really, I think, worried about the formation of the theological concept of the Holy Trinity. Instead, he was trying to make a point about how the apostles did not yet have all the gifts that God was going to give them as symbolized in that dramatic giving of the Holy Spirit that Jesus will give to them in a few more chapters after his resurrection. Right, right, right. Um, and, and it's a weird, it's weird to see in writing something about, uh, Jesus not being glorified. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like as, yeah. as far as, you know, us, the, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, readers who know the beginning and the end of this story, uh, it's, it's, it strikes me as a little odd to be like, wait, John, I mean, come on, man. Uh, uh <laughs> Jesus is always glorified. But, uh, um, I think the point is well taken in that, uh, you know, that, his true glory was not yet known to these men and, and, and the people around. Right. Um, they still didn't understand who Jesus was. Right. Which in a way, in, in, it makes me realize like what an insane set of occur- occurrences here um, that uh, the level of his glory is still not yet known to, by all these people who have, you know, left their fishing jobs, left their families mm-hmm. and gone and follow him. It kind of, you know, builds into that narrative that, uh, there was just something about this person or that they were compelled to follow and almost, almost kind of creating this story that, you know, I don't know why, but I, I, I just know that I have to be here. Right. Uh, uh, and, and I can't explain it. But there's something uh, 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 about this person that I've met that that I I just know that I need to be here and to follow him and to 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 you know I'm being called and I don't know I don't know what exactly that means uh, because you know you sit there as the reader and you're like well of course the disciples you know followed he's Jesus of course why wouldn't you <laughs> right you'd follow Jesus this is uh, you know this is but. You know, this is this is one of those small portions for me, at least, uh, of a verse that kind of help. If you think about it, peel back the veil of of what that must have been like, and that you know they don't 
they don't have that information. They don't know. And their scripture goes almost out of its way to paint them as dumb as a box of rocks sometimes. And, you know, they, they, they still don't get it uh, even as they, they experience it. It, It's just, it tells the story of how unknowable all of this really was. And just Mm -hmm. um, nothing had ever happened like this before. Well, and it's another one of those nudges to us who don't get to see the bodily Jesus walking around and multiplying loaves and fishes that it wasn't easy for the people who were the first followers either, that they had, like you were saying, this just was such an unexpected experience that they were walking in that it was very hard for them to be able to figure out what the heck they were doing, even though they kept doing it. And that's not a bad model for being a Christian today of often we, we don't understand why exactly we're being called to love someone, love uh, our neighbor as ourselves, but we are. Mm -hmm. And it may seem irrational. It may seem nuts, but it's a, a fairly simple formula that immediately becomes complex when we try to think of how to apply it. So we have to stay praying and hopefully be filled with the Holy Spirit in a way that gives us direction as to how to live that out. Absolutely. Well, I I don't think I could say it better than that, so we'll end with that. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So this was your uh, podcast for May 31st, 2020, the day of Pentecost. Happy feast day to uh, 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 feast day of Pentecost to you all. Uh, and uh, um, we, like I said before at the at the top, I'll say it again at the end. Uh, be sure to join us this week uh, with uh, Bishop Jennifer, and uh, and uh, uh, but uh, but also every week on uh, yeah. you can find our our worship services on our uh, YouTube page, uh, which is HFEC videos. There's links to it on our website at hfec.org. Uh, and uh, we have a Facebook page as well that can help direct you to that and, and many other things that are, are going on in the church. Um, uh, but until uh, next week, uh, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you uh, next week. Bye-bye. Bye.